Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 33 of Double Hop Beat. Taking the pulse of the beer and brewing scene, I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. And this week, we have a special guest to talk with us about his experiences with craft beer. Yes, but before we start today's episode, we just want to address the current events that are happening at the moment um, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And as we've seen with other crises over the past few months and the past year, uh, craft breweries are coming together to release uh, a beer in support of what is going on. So this is going to be called Black is Beautiful, and it's going to address the growing unrest regarding racial issues. Yeah, this beer is going to come in at 10% ABV. It's an imperial stout, and it features a drier body with notes of dark chocolate and fudge. So I think this is really a great way to kind of have the craft beer community come together. And, you know, craft beer is for everybody. It doesn't care who you are, uh, where you come from, uh, no discrimination. That's what we want to see. And these beers are expected to be released in July. And the idea was started by Weathered Souls. And this was a black-owned brewery in San Antonio, Texas. And they recruited over 200 brewers to take part in this brew. So that's an amazing feat. Yeah, that's great. Um, And the proceeds are actually going to go towards social justice causes. So the brewers who make the beer can choose which uh, charity they want to donate to um, regarding the injustices that are happening right now. And so I know that, I mean, when I started thinking about this earlier, the craft beer community is also struggling with diversity issues, um, just like the nation as a whole. So right now, the industry is predominantly white males. Um, According to the Brewer Association, 76% of production staff and 89% of brewers at breweries are white. Um, So I think that just really shows the divide that there is um, within just the industry in general. Yeah, and like with anything, actions are being taken over the past three years to address the lack of diversity across craft beer. The Brewers Association actually implemented the diversity event grant program, which funds local and regional events that intentionally promote and foster a more diverse and inclusive craft beer community. So it's all about including everybody from not only the people working at the craft breweries to the drivers, to the businesses that are associated that make craft beer breweries run and also the communities in general where the public comes and all are welcome. And at the beginning of 2019, they actually released a five-part series of diversity best practices resources available uh, for those out there. And these resources were designed to help the businesses start these conversations and really why diversity matters. And so I think that's really important for setting up frameworks to really assess success of diversity and inclusion programs and how these businesses can really thrive working together with the community as one and not discriminating and including everybody. Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, part of solving or finding a solution to this issue is is all about education. So the association providing these materials to different breweries um, to have as their reference and educate their staff about, I think is really great. Um, and I think the other kind of gap that we see is the amount of breweries who are that are owned by African-Americans. Um, and so I actually had a great interview this morning with Celeste Beatty, who is the first African-American woman to own a brewery in the United States. Um, and it is actually the Harlem Brewing Company in New York. Um, so it was really interesting to get her perspective on everything and just kind of really process the lack of um, black owned breweries that are out there. 
in the United States. Um, so I'm going to actually have a list um, from a Thrillist article that I found of some Black-owned breweries that you guys can check out depending on the region that you're in and just really show your support for them. Um, and then in that same research that I was doing, I also found what's called Fresh Fest. And that is the country's first black beer festival. And it's designed to highlight underrepresented demographics in craft beer. So right now it's supposed to be held um, in August. I'm not sure with COVID um, if that will still be taking place in person. Um, but if you just Google Fresh Fresh Fest, you'll find out more information about that. Um, and their primary goal is educating and welcoming all to the community. Um, so I just want to finish off by saying that we here at Double Hot Beat, we stand you know, against white supremacy and we encourage everyone to educate themselves on the issues, to really understand the root causes and how we can all work together to make a difference. And I know that I'm going to be really looking into what I can do personally just to help um, my fellow man. And I just encourage everyone else to do the same. And I will be posting some resources um, in our episode description this week if you want to read up more. So now we're going to get in our main topic of discussion for this week. James, what are your updates? So first on the homebrewing front, uh, my hops have been growing like crazy the past couple of weeks. We've had a lot of rain recently, followed by really, really dry days. And it's been very hot and humid, high 80s some of these days. So these hops are really thriving right now. And they're actually back uh, where they first started at uh, my parents' house. And it's taking over the trellis that it once belonged in uh, as we relocate our ourselves, our living situation. Living situation. <laughs> uh, so we are constantly on the move. And right now our hops are doing great. And I have to trim them back a little bit. So I get maybe two to three primary vines going. And once that gets going, I, I'm excited to kind of brew a cascade only. So back when Jack was on the show, we talked about smash recipes. So I'm going to do a cascade uh solely one hop cascade um, with my other malt, single malt recipe that I have going. And I'm going to use all just my local grown hops uh, for that beer from dry hop to the boil and everything else. So I'm excited for that. Sounds great. I can't wait to taste it. So we've also um, made a little bit of a field trip to uh, support our local breweries and pick up some of your favorite beers for the summer. Yeah, uh, one of our favorite summertime breweries when we're down uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, is to visit uh, Knockabout Brewing in Mashpee, Massachusetts. And one of the things I love about them is you look at their menu and it's pretty much all IPAs that just from someone just staring at the menu and looking at it. But in reality, it's so much more complex than that on the different flavors and fruit flavors and just everything they get out of their beers. So... They actually have a new series out. It's the virtual uh, beer series. And all these brews are kind of inspired by everyone coming together and having virtual happy hours. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will post a picture of one of these virtual beers. And it's just if you are in the Massachusetts area, if you can get a hands on any of them. I like the happy hour. I like the haircut, which are virtual series. Uh, just amazing flavors and only limited time. Mm -hmm. I believe that they're going to be offering these. And we also checked out Medusa uh, Brewing in Hudson, among other breweries in our area, to really show the brew tenders and those hurt by, you know, the current economic situation, mm -hmm. uh, that we support them and that we're doing everything we can. And my liver is certainly uh, <laughs> certainly taking the price for it. Uh, come back instead of a four-pack, it's a 24-pack. Yeah. 
um, and really getting those tips. So again, just high, high tips for your, your local breweries. They really do appreciate it. And it's keeping the community together. We're all about community. So, and I think as this has gone on, a lot of breweries have come up with the great efficient processes for the online brewing and pickup. So knock about, we literally drove up to the front door. They came out with an iPad. They just checked our order. And then we drove over to the pickup place of, she came out the door, put it on a table. She walked back in. We picked it up and put it in the car and drove away. So it's been very efficient, very safe. And I think it's just shown the ingenuity and adaptiveness of the craft beer community throughout this whole, I think, if we've been talking about, you know, for the past couple of months. So it's yeah, great to I see I think that. as other states start to open up and the reg- regulations allow them for if they have food or if they have, you know, open areas, mm-hmm. br- breweries are really paying immense attention to detail on keeping you safe and the importance of family and really not wanting to jeopardize your health for coming out and supporting them. I think in other industries I've seen, you know, when practices get put in place, a lot of things fall through just because they're focused about the dollar and the dollar only. And I think what I've seen so far in the craft breweries that we've been to and that we've seen that these regulations are coming through they are even going above and beyond what they need to do just to keep you safe. So we want to really drive that home of the community and support your local breweries, but mm-hmm. also stay safe. Yeah, and the big news this week in Massachusetts is that if you are a brewery who sells food, you will be allowed to open up in phase two. So if you have the license to sell food, then you will be able to start reopening. Um, and unfortunately, if you do not, then you will have to wait till phase four because you're considered a bar. But it is great to see that some breweries are going to be able to start getting back to somewhat normal um, operations and get and get some people physically there. So that would be great to see. And I can't wait to see what happens with everything and, and find out. What yes, the new normal stay is, so. safe and share some craft brews virtually with your friends. It's a great time to experiment with new beers, whether you're home brewing at home, uh, tweaking different recipes because you're home. Uh, now's the time. Now's the time to share with your friends. Get friends who normally don't drink beer to try a beer with you uh, over the computer. I mean, it's a great time to really socialize with your friends in staying safe. And speaking of catching up with friends virtually, we have a very special guest. So today we are joined by Sean. Sean works in production. He is a beer connoisseur. He is a Donald Duck impersonator. And most importantly, he's my brother. Welcome, Sean. <laughs> I'm glad that Donald Duck impersonator made my resume. It, yeah, it's, it should be on the top of your resume, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, we, uh, a friend of mine just had a kid uh, a couple weeks ago or, or a month ago. and We were FaceTiming with him and she held the phone up and I made a Donald Duck voice. And the kids just like... Didn't doesn't you know it's a month year, month old baby so it doesn't move very quickly but at that sound she like <laughs> stared at the phone and was like what's going on so yeah I guess I, I guess I should really promote that yeah more. so I guess maybe <laughs> you have to open with your duck Donald Duck impression now that it's oh, all God. hyped up you know <laughs> it, it probably doesn't come across the phone too well <laughs> babies everywhere are alert yeah yeah podcast just went way up in the baby demographic yeah yep. Craft beer babies. (laughs) Craft beer babies. (laughs) So as during this time, obviously, it's been difficult for breweries and families and just getting together. And you're out in New York, right? You're out in the the city. Mm -hmm. So what has been your kind of looking back 
when breweries were all open, what was your kind of favorite brewery experience? Did you have a specific brewery that really hit home for like your neighborhood? Yeah, um, definitely my favorite locally is a place called Single Cut. It's in my neighborhood. Uh, and it's just, they opened in 2013, I think, which was the year after I moved to New York City also. So it was like right at the same time. And it's like, welcome to the city. Here's a brand new brewery. Um, and they're just, they're the best. Uh, they do like a lot of IPAs and um, different variations of IPAs, but they're just, it's, it's a great place. And it's really been fun to like watch them grow over the seven plus years that they've been open now, um, which is, uh, you know, not only just, you know, their offerings is up, but now they have another brewery upstate uh, right outside of Albany. So they're like physically expanding also, which is really cool. But they're, uh, it's just a great place to hang. They always have live music, like or movies playing. Um, they do a lot of like local fundraisers and uh, stuff to help out the community. So it's, uh, it's really cool. And it's kind of like more of an industrial garage. Mm-hmm. You know, you're walking yeah. down the street and it's just open and inviting with kind of, they used to play like old movies too, right on the big screen. Yeah. It's actually, it's also on the same block as the Steinway Piano Factory. Like Ooh. the factory that makes all the Steinway pianos, I don't want to say in the world, but maybe in the world, <laughs> I don't know their exact distribution, but um, all the Steinway pianos are made at the factory just up the road too, uh, which is kind of cool. And I think we were just joking the other day about how I can get some of their really hard to get craft beers in my local craft yeah. beer store in Massachusetts when you live down the block and can't even get those beers. Yeah, it was like they... Um, they released uh shoot what was it fuzzy box was that? yeah that's that's the one though yeah is that and you said you had to get approved right to get your allotment of it oh that's a, oh, that's okay. a new or is one. That a, okay yeah that's what i'm going picking up on wednesday called the super bonbon um, oh is it named after connor it is yeah <laughs> that's part of the reason i had to get it um but they their bonbon is really good but now this is <laughs> super bonbon that's uh 10 so so I guess it's just a show of the times where you even have to show your credit report to breweries yeah. to get a certain beer. Yeah, it was like we got an email, like I'm on the distro list, and it was like, hey, we have uh, 95 cases of this Super Bonbon first come, first serve. And I was like, ah! And so I like put, in my, put in all my info and then got an email like 30 minutes later that was like, all right, you're approved. Like You'll pick this up on Wednesday. Now, was it harder <laughs> to get approval for that or for to rent a New York City apartment? uh the apartment but only by a little bit okay (laughs) it just required a little more paperwork i'm sure the beer was more exciting when you find out about that though yeah who cares about where you live no it's like i'll find another apartment but like super bonbon's only going to be here for a minute so like what what can i do and and so being in new york with all the breweries and everything that's happening with covid how have you kind of seen your local breweries adapting to that? Was it just all curbside or is it home delivery or what kind, what's it look like right now? Yeah. A lot of them um, have, well, I think they, as far as I know, they all, all the ones in, in my neighborhood, uh, I live in Astoria, Queens, and then Long Island city is the next one, next neighborhood over where there's a, there's five or six um, breweries there. They all have curbside pickup at the very least. And then I know some are doing single cut is doing direct delivery through them. Like they load up their truck every day at four o'clock and drive around the neighborhood and drop stuff off. Uh, and then other ones are doing it through uh, DoorDash or Caviar, or one of the like uh, food delivery type services. 
they're doing that. So they've had to get creative for sure uh, in order to keep going in this time. So it's, it's been good, but it's also, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it feels good that like, I know I'm supporting a, a local mm-hmm. business and stuff when it's like, obviously I was going to these places anyways, yeah. but, um, but like, <laughs> it feels like, they know that Sean Fox at blah, blah, address is supporting them. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a little more like, I don't know, it feels more personal. And then like you meet the guy or like the guy comes to the door and like drops it off and he's like, thanks, man. Like, no problem. The single cut delivery sounds like an adult ice cream truck. Oh, God. What? They should yeah. have that. Just <laughs> has a little music. song. Yeah. Goes around yeah. the block. You can pop yeah. outside with your ID and get some beer. <laughs> I feel like that would be a big hit if that was legal. Well, Craft Roots oh, by us was doing home deliveries uh, for a certain period yeah. of time. Yeah. And so that seemed to be a popular trend of people just camped out in their driveways and just waiting for that beer to <laughs> arrive. Yeah. I mean, it's been nice. And like, you can kind of, to be honest, a lot of them I probably wouldn't uh, have purchased like cans to go or, you know, like wouldn't have bought like a four pack to bring home usually. Like if I was just there yeah. for an afternoon or something. I would go and have my couple of drinks and then head home. But now it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to order like a, uh, a four pack of the lemongrass Kolsch. I'm going to get the jalapeno rye. I'm going to get this mm. one. Like, and you kind of like mix it up and like, and then have them over a couple of weeks or whatever. And um, a little bit different experience. Too. And make it yeah. good for virtual happy hours too. Right. So you can try yeah, exactly. something new. Especially, you know, so many uh, craft breweries have like cool cans. And so when you're like mm-hmm. on a call with friends and they're like, what are you drinking? And you're like, oh, well, this is the lemon drop pills from Iconic. And they, <laughs> it's a lovely da da da. And people are like, okay, shut up. <laughs> like, no. uh, but like a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a good conversation starter like that. Like, oh, where's that from? Like, oh, it's right down the block. When, when you come, we can go. Yeah, we've had a couple yeah. of those with our friends too. Yeah, I think it's like you're trying to support your local breweries and also like the bartender and brew tenders that don't have, you know, you're not paying them through, you know, their service so that you're helping them out by trying different things. And right. I think I've personally tried more experimenting of different style beers mm-hmm. than I mm-hmm. normally would if I'm in the brewery, because normally I would stick to my IPAs and maybe try, you know, a Pilsner or a occasional stout, but now I'm trying sours and I'm trying goes and I'm trying yeah. all different styles. So mm-hmm. it's a lot Knowing easier, I guess. If, if you're at home and you have like, if you have somebody else you can palm it off. On yeah. If you don't, without, if you don't everyone's right. Exactly. <laughs> you kind of make your own flights at home. Like if you, ha- yeah. if you're stuck in quarantine with somebody. Yeah. And then yeah. it's good when you go back to that brewery and everything opens, you can say, Hey, I actually liked that one. Let me get it again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, I know I'm sure it's been, uh, I don't know the financials for sure, but I'm sure it's been tough for all these people, but yeah, when, for sure. uh, when it all opens back up, it's, I think there's going to be quite a, a rush to the taps, <laughs> especially in our neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. So now Sean, you have worked all over the world doing production, <laughs> uh, for TV and yes. when you're in some of those locations, you get to sample the local beverages and food. What is your most memorable experience with beer abroad? Well, um, most of them are just good to have after you work like uh, 12 to 16 hours in the hot sun or the cold or whatever, you're running around for that long. And then somebody hands you a beer out of the cooler and you said, okay, <laughs> like I can finally <laughs> stop for the day. That's nice. Um, the signal is here. The beer has arrived. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I've worked for a lot of um, like house hunting type shows and a lot of the programs I worked on are based in the Caribbean. And so I did a lot of travel down there. And a lot of the the main 
beers for consumption down there are like a Presidente, Calic, uh, Carib, and like a like Red Stripe, like you know, pretty basic mm-hmm. uh, beers. But then I think the Virgin Islands was the first time that I had like a local craft beer, and it's uh, Saint Dr- Saint John Brewers. Uh, located on the St. John, they got very creative with the name, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they have, um, a tropical mango pale ale, mm. which is really good. Um, and they have a, like a summer ale and a Island hop and Pete IPA. That's uh, really good. Those are like the three that we would uh, usually get. Those were, uh, and it was, it, I remember we, we got the mango one. And then the next day, my, uh, the director on our team like came in and he was like, guys, I found this summer hill. And we're like, all right. And so we all sat around and tried the summer. Like, that was good too. The mango sounds right up my alley. So I probably would have thought yeah. for that. And that's probably not a beer that you would be able to get somewhere else because it's not fresh. You know, like you kind of work, brewers have to work with kind of the ingredients that they have around them. And I think yeah. that's one of the great draws of, you know, Hawaii. We had a lot of mango, pineapple beers that just yeah. are bursting with flavor that you wouldn't get you know, in your typical pale ale in the States, so. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's very cliche and uh, semi-snobby to say, but you really can't beat the fruit, like like fresh mango or fresh mm-hmm. pineapple from like from the Hawaii or the Caribbean. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I remember well, after one of my first trips, I came back and was at the grocery store and there was like a mango there. And I was like, oh, great, I'm going to get a mango. I love mango. And I got home and it was just like, I was eating it and I was like, sitting next to my roommate at the time and he was like what's wrong and i was like it's not as good as in the caribbean yeah my life's so tough that this mango was like slightly less sweet <laughs> i had another time where i was i was in japan for a show called ride with roman Reedus for amc uh it was where we traveled all over the world um for that one and uh it's those are even longer days and like we're driving several hundred miles throughout the day. And so it's, it's insane. And so we always have like a cooler of beer at our, at our gear room at the end of the day for the crew to enjoy and wrap up <laughs> their day. Uh, and so when t- we were in Japan and I went into this grocery store and just picked up a couple cases of the, uh, whatever the local beer was, I can't remember, but um, put it down and was just being very polite and I'm trying to nod my way through the exchange because we did not speak the same language. Uh, I know a little bit of Spanish, but I, I, I know the two words I needed in Japanese. And, uh, and so finally we I, like paid and everything. And then she just goes party. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, hi party. I and mean, when you're with Norman Reedus, it's gotta be a party. Like you're partying with Daryl, okay? I'm sure yeah. you know zombies are coming. He's like throwing craft beers out at you. Well, it also shows that beer is the universal sign for party. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. Buy a couple cases of beer. People right. are like, oh, th- this guy knows what's up. Uh, yeah. Forget the hard <laughs> alcohol. You you want the real real beer? Right. Excellent. Like you're having a lot of people over. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just for you, sir. I mean, it's been great to like you know, obviously travel a lot, but then you can or even not even just with the crew but like you know we go out to a, a local bar and you get started chatting with like local people you know that's just drinking in general i guess but <laughs> it helps when you have a have a beer or something to break the ice and start that conversation so it's it's good to meet people all over the world yeah and get to see different perspectives and ways of life and everything that's great sure so you've also worked for a major beer distributor i feel like your uh, your resume is getting very long here sean 
I know. Uh. <laughs> I never think I've had that many jobs. And then like, I talk about like jobs I had in high school or whatever. And people are and like, I work for a, um, You've, like, a construction supply store. Yeah. I work at a concession stand at a music venue place. i worked yeah. for an electrician i worked like, i think you've kind of like you did how many things you worked in very like a lot of industries because you also worked uh for a major clothing appliance retailer so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that you forget that you used to work for their, them yeah um, so so i feel a, like you've been in all different walks of life here you just have a very yeah. well-rounded resume yeah i guess so I've, I've been trying to update my resume during, so I should. Well, well we're making a list for you. Well, now you have guests yeah. on a podcast, so you can add that to your resume <laughs> yeah, as well. Perfect. I uh, mean, they'll stop reading a Donald Duck, so it's yeah, obviously. right. So they're like hired. They're, yeah. they're changing, changing the the station right away. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, so, as part of your role within the beer distributor, you had to drive a box truck through New York City, which I feel like no that way. should also be at the top of your list because. That yeah. takes a lot of patience, and I probably would never do it in my whole lifetime. But <laughs> what was that uh, yeah. like? Um, it was it was interesting. Um, it's it takes. I mean, driving in New York City in a regular car is hard enough, but uh, it takes some getting used to. But you would uh, after a while, you learn that people drivers in New York like it's it's scary. I'll give you that for sure. But like most drivers are pretty smart too. Like Basically, the rule in New York is anticipate someone is going to cut you off and yeah. you'll be fine. So it's like if you're waiting for that car to pull out in front of you, like you're ready for it. But so it, that's that's the rule of thumb that I think of when driving. But when you are in a bigger truck, you can kind of just take that space and people <laughs> will give it to you. So that's that's how, that's how you had to do it, especially because we were delivering glassware and signage and stuff to to bars all over the city each day. And so it was like we would just have to like pull over in a weird parking spot and like be sticking out a little bit and we're like sorry and just <laughs> take the stuff throw it into the into the bar or whoever and be like all right thanks like open the door catch yep <laughs> like we gotta go we're blocking off the traffic in midtown yeah then you're that person everyone's like god this truck is in the way it's so annoying yeah and you're just pointing to the beer being like beer beer and they're like oh okay you're good yeah. you're good <laughs> we need we need that so essential yeah. supplies essential I, it was funny. Uh, I it was a very large company that I worked for, and we would do promotions sometime where we would go to a bar and hand out uh, free bottles of of the one of their flagship beers, <laughs> and and it was like, well, it was pretty confusing to people. But we'd be like, hey, do you want like ten free uh, beers? And they they're just like, what? Are you hitting on all ten of us at once? Like, what are you? <laughs> we're like, no, no, no. I work for the company, and like that. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. But then they would kind of say, like, all right, thanks. And, you know, like there was never any conversation about it. Yeah, so like, yeah. All right. Um, but I have a, another friend who uh, he works for uh, currently. He works for one of the craft beer distributors here. And like going out with him when he does those same kind of things, uh, he it's like a much more conversational because like people he's like, oh, um, do you want to try try this new beer? It comes from this brewery in San Diego, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, San Diego. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden there's a conversation when it was this uh, major light beer that I was distributing. It, people were like, cool, thanks for the water, man. See like, you later. I already know about this. I don't need yeah. to hear yeah. your pitch. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you found like just in that, like the craft beer discussion versus different kinds of beer, there wasn't really that dialogue that you'd get otherwise that you saw with yeah, your friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is the appeal of those major brands is that you know what you're going to get, same as like fast food or whatever. Mm -hmm. But 
you're not getting, you know, you're getting a much different experience and like not, a, it's know, kind of, having a, yeah. Defeating the purpose of what you're trying to do. If nobody wants right. to talk to you about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but maybe they also didn't know that you were passionate about beer as well. So they're kind of just like, you know what, like he's just doing his job. So, you know, skip the pleasantries and just get it over with too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Damn. Shannon's on a roll. Wow. Wow. But does it give you a more of an appreciation for like how beer gets to your favorite bar, like bars or oh, 100%. places like something that you never would have thought about? Like, how does this beer get to me like before? Definitely. And especially knowing the uh, seeing the giant well-oiled machine and how that works makes me understand how much of a struggle it is for the for the little guy to like break in and break through that. Mm-hmm. And and I think like the surge, uh, you know, the proliferation of craft beer all over the country, like shows that people do care about their neighborhoods, you know, like about their community. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's, it is such a local thing in most places, most companies aren't distributing all over the world and, and what it, most craft breweries aren't distributing all over the world. So it's, it just shows that like people will invest in their communities and that like the community needs to be there to like make it successful. And because they are up against these giant companies that can just mm-hmm. with like a flick of a wrist send a hundred cases right. or something to a grocery store and have it out on the front aisle like the next day. Yeah. You Pick know, up their so shelf space. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like man. The, what I learned about like shelf space and like frontage and like mm-hmm. fighting over who gets the side case and who gets a whole front. Oh my God. I don't even want to be a part of that. <laughs> It's, it's a fight club nobody wants to be a part yeah. of. Yeah, it's like the most boring fight club. Like my beers turn sideways, and that one's turned fro- like big, like long ways. And I'm like, yep, they paid us or whatever. <laughs> are you drinking this with your eyes, or what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah, so it's. I mean, definitely understand the struggle of the little guys and uh, what it's like, and to to even do that. So I mean, I have uh, one of my friends. His in san diego his friend is opened up a craft brewery and he like every chance he gets he like posts a picture and like tags them and whatever and and uh you know he has like 50 followers on instagram but he was like i was with him and he was tagging it and i was like he's like you know you gotta get the word out wherever you can and i was like that's it man but i think we can't like say enough of what you mentioned it like the community aspect and i think a lot of small breweries were really and are still worried about how they're going to stay you know in business and i think for sure like personally i've gone out and gotten cases of beer when normally i would probably just get a four pack or two four packs but instead i'm getting a k20 i'm coming back and chan's like i thought you were grabbing a four pack oh i got i did curbside i got 20 yeah yesterday he said he's getting a four pack he came back with two 64 ounce growlers (laughs) yeah and And i think you know the it's it's important that the breweries and they do do this like you know they help amplify the community too by doing fundraisers or um a couple years ago when single cut first opened uh i was doing a short film festival here in the neighborhood and we reached out to them we were like hey we need to film we're looking to film a scene for this short film where we need like an industrial thing and you know we thought like by the tanks in the in in your in the back of the brewery would be perfect and they were like yeah absolutely like come by you know, we close at eight on Sunday, so you can shoot anytime after that for as long as you need to. And we were like, whoa, okay. That's we were great. 
we were hoping for like an hour and we could steal one shot. Yeah. And so we ended up shooting like half of the thing in the brewery. And, and then we, we shot the shot it. And then we, it was, they let us sit there and like have a couple beers when we were done. And like, just, they just like open up the taps for us. And they're like, yep, just let us know when you're done. And then I'll close up. And we're like, oh, All right. Awesome. Yeah. And so then we, then our film screened like at the festival at the museum of moving image here. And they, you know, now they get, symbol cut up on the screen so it's you know it's like a mute it's like a symbiotic relationship exactly yeah exactly i think that's very prominent in the craft beer industry so yeah yeah i mean if you support those around you they're gonna come and help you back and so on the subject of home brewing uh you were recently able to give me some honest feedback on my home brews So I really did appreciate it. It wasn't just like, yeah, it's good or it's bad. You actually went into like flavor, carbonation, aroma, everything. So what was that like getting like a homebrew that, you know, you wouldn't have normally got if times were different? Well, as I told you, it was garbage. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I told you. And I'm going to be honest here on the podcast. I told you not to bring this up. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> Topics do not discuss. James's homebrews. <laughs> Um, well, I like, uh, all the detail you put into like the label and stuff. Uh, so like, I don't know, you did a good, no, like seriously, like just I, from a visual standpoint, like the, so the listen- labels was eye catching and great. So for listeners, um, they're saying, okay, so the beer is not good. So no, no. the ex the, the can was good. Like I like the aluminum siding on the can. That's we, we've been rewatching 30 rock and, uh, there's like one episode where Tina Fey's character says like, anytime Jenna does, uh, like anything that she doesn't like or that she thinks is bad that she just finds something else to compliment and she's like oh the program (laughs) is nice (laughs) that's not what i'm doing here i'm just starting with the visual first he's going from the outside in he's drawing you in he's being he's doing the production what he does on a regular basis but (laughs) wide shot shot and then zoom in yeah (laughs) uh but no i thought uh i mean i told you i had the um the like winter amber ale was it amber the the spice ale the spice summit ale. run yeah the summit run um which i said uh like is not my favorite type style overall yeah um and then i just had the uh the xena ipa the other night which uh i really liked i don't think i gave you um i don't think i texted you any feedback on that one yet but uh that one i thought was really good and i know you were concerned about the carbonation but it it was all there and <laughs> the flavor was there and um i would hope to have another sometime soon yeah and that's like great feedback to get too being it's the first recipes like it's very risky at least in my opinion for home brewers to kind of share their you know their brews if they know it's early in development but that's yeah. i think that feedback it i was kind of steering towards focused on, oh, all right, the carbonation's not there. The carbonation's not there. But then the mm-hmm. feedback that I got from you and uh, Jack from Lamson Brewing, Home Brewing, uh, that we had on the show before, and he got to try some of the same beers. There, carbonation wasn't the issue. Uh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say issues, but <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't the, it was, the focus was somewhere different where mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, that's great feedback because that's the feedback that you want of, you know, and that's the thing you can fix. Ex- like, exa- exactly. You know, it's like, oh, okay, like carbonation, whatever, that, that was an issue in the process, that's fine. But like, if you were to make the same recipe and then the carbonation mm-hmm. is better and then somebody's like, oh, well, I also didn't like this last time. And you're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, I mean, 
there's a good parallel, I think, between what you were saying. Like, you know, it, it is nerve wracking to put it out there, something you've made out there. And same thing in production. Like I, I've uh, done like some self-produced, I've done a couple short films and I've done some web series. Working on one now called Dadship, um, which will be coming to hopefully the Netflix front page or something. I don't know. Hopefully somebody <laughs> buys it for like a million dollars. Yeah, then, that'd be nice. But you, retire. now you submitted this this one to some festivals, right? But given yeah, the whole right. given the whole situation with COVID and everything, that you know, it's it's all very crazy right now in production. Yeah. So I mean, luckily we filmed this in December over a couple of days and uh, have been able to put it all together over the last couple of months, but. Yeah, submitted to the Austin Film Festival and then a couple others. Um, so hopefully one day, one day it'll, it'll be out there in the world, one, you know, in some form in the near future. But, you know, it's I even like my wife will be like, oh, I want to. Can I can I see some of it? And I'm like, it's not ready yet. You, you can't see it. It's not ready. She was yet. there the you, whole time you filmed it. <laughs> I know. But like, it's different when it all comes together. Well, like when you, you see it all. Edited Sean, together. you Sean, you and your wife, Molly, were also cameoed in it as well. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's and I did share it with you guys because yeah. I knew I could get the honest feedback of like, this doesn't work or this is missing or whatever. So, yep. that was also very helpful. I could see like the so, dad ship IPA coming out. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, dad ship IPA that'd be great. What would it taste like, James? It's gonna be out of this world because, and it, but it's <laughs> gonna be something a dad would like because. So, Sean, what's the basic premise behind dad ship? Yeah, sure. Um, the basic premise is um, in the. Like far future in space. Um, there are these two brothers. Uh, they're mercenaries and they are, uh, they fight, they're fighting with their dad and their dad gets turned into a pile of goo by a dehumanizing ray. And then they have to, in order to save him, they put the goo, his consciousness, I don't know the exact science behind it. But <laughs> <laughs> they put it into the uh, hyper, into the drive, hyperdrive of this spaceship. And so then them, Flying through the galaxy, trying to get revenge on the evil Lord Master Lord. That's the uh, general synopsis. It sounds insane because it is. It sounds like a great experimental craft beer. Yes. You kind of take <laughs> take all these raw ingredients, you put them together into this new vessel, and you just <laughs> run with it. Yeah, and that's basically what we did. <laughs> like when we were writing it, uh, we was just like, "All right, what can we do?" And we were like, "Should we have them find this?" And we're like. I don't know. Is that weird? We're like, who cares? We're making this. We can do like, we don't have anybody telling us what's weird or what's not. Do whatever you want. So we can do whatever we want. And so we had a lot of fun doing it that way. And uh, I, I hope to be able to share it with everybody soon. And I'm sure we'll get plenty of feedback, whether warranted or unwarranted. (laughs) And maybe you got a trailer out there, sneak peek for uh, anybody who's really curious. Yeah. Check out uh, dadship underscore series on instagram we have our the uh, uh the intro is up there along with some pictures and randomly sharing some other stuff on there too so once it once it gets going we'll or once it has like a more of a premiere date we'll really ramp up the promotion on that awesome well we can't wait nor can i <laughs> nor can i <laughs> it'll definitely be good to, to see it all put together and you know post-production finished copy well it's, we we have the um the voiceover part recorded now and it does make a big difference yeah like watching it or it's, molly uh, even, even something that i've been working working on every day for the last like three or four months uh like you know i i know it all inside and out but then to watch it like on a just sit back and like watch it on a screen i'm like oh 
Oh, we did that. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really reminded me of, like, The Office and, like, that kind of style of shooting. Just, like, very, like, grassroots shooting of just, like, you know, you're, you have yeah. an idea and you have actors and actresses and you just kind of... And you obviously have great writing, too. So you let that flow and then, you know, it's all whatever people make of it, you know, yeah. it's just out there. So, yeah. and that's, uh, one thing to note is that it's like low budget on purpose. It's mm -hmm. like in the style of laser cats from SNL and, you know, kind of have like water guns as laser guns and cardboard backdrops. And, uh, even though it was like, we, when we set it up for the first time in the studio, we were like, Oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you you write so much and you design so much, and then but then like once you set up, you're like, oh wow, this actually looks like what I thought it was going to look like. That's always nice to get that to come to fruition. Yeah, and same with a uh, homebrew beer. Yes, it all comes full <laughs> circle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much for talking with us today, Sean. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Hope we can come back on when uh, when Dadship yeah. is debuting uh, on, on worldwide. Yep, and we'll let all the listeners know when it's available for viewing. Great. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks, Sean. Thank Stay safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Double Hop Beat Podcast. Follow us on our Instagram for our latest homebrewing and craft beer adventures. Direct message us at Double Hop Beat Podcast to share your experiences and become part of the pulse of brewing. You can also listen to us on our website, www.doublehotbeatpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Cheers by rating and reviewing us. This, this has been Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you on the brew side. side.